All right, good evening, everyone. Let's uh, hit the lights in here. Uh, it's good to see everybody out here tonight for the joint prayer meeting. Uh, tonight's guest speaker is uh, an intern pastor. He's a, currently a student at Porch Seminary. Um, he's also a student of uh, worship and intimacy with the Lord. Is uh, traditionally, you know, where's the pulpit? Get the pulpit, dude. Get him a pulpit. Um, he's a Mennonite by tradition uh, from Winnipeg, Canada. Apparently, Winnipeg is filled with Mennonites, and uh, he's from that tribe. Uh, <laughs> he's on staff with New Philly. Uh, he's an intern pastor with our church, and uh, uh, he carries. Discipline for all of our staff. He carries enough discipline for all of our staff. So that's the tradition he's inherited from his family. Anyway, uh, let's I'll put our hands together. Welcome our Pastor Jonathan. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to pray again. I'm going to ask God to fill this place and this time and this word. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, God, again, for gathering us in this place, God, for the purpose of entering into your heart, God. God, in praying your desires, your will, God, your passions, Father, into existence. Father, we pray now that you open our minds, God, that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation to greater and greater degrees tonight in this place, God. We pray that you open our hearts, God, that you open our eyes, God, and then wrong thinking, God, wrong understanding, we've broken off in Jesus' name right now. You would direct us into your truth, Father, by your spirit, direct us into your truth tonight. Father, we ask that you would bless this time, Lord, that your full will, your full way would be accomplished in it, God. We love you, God. We put our hope in you, our joy in you, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, tonight, we're gonna, I'm going to preach on something that is probably the most important lesson God has ever taught me about prayer. Uh, through the years of, of God forming me in intercession and, uh, and learning how to pray, this is probably the number one thing, the most important thing that God has taught me about prayer. And it's something that I actually I learned in a strong way the first time I was out in Korea. I was... I came out originally in 2002, uh, a long time ago, and, and I was involved in OEM in 2002-2003. I was involved in a, a prayer meeting called World Changers. How many of you have been involved in World Changers before? It was a fantastic prayer ministry. I don't think it's still running anymore at OEM, but uh, we have actually a former leader of World Changers here in the room as well. 
I won't point them out. But, um, <laughs> but when I was there in World Changes in 2003, there was a school of prayer, it was called, and one of the quotes that was emphasized in the school of prayer radically shifted the way I understood what prayer is. It's a quote by a guy named Phillips Brooks. And the quote is this. Prayer is not conquering God's reluctance, but taking hold of God's willingness. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is not conquering God's reluctance, but taking hold of God's willingness. And those are two vastly different approaches to prayer. But it's so important that we understand and we recognize the difference between the two and that we learn how to take hold of God's willingness in prayer. What we're going to do right now is turn to Matthew 5, or Matthew 6, I'm sorry, the Lord's Prayer, one of the most recognizable passages of Scripture in the Bible. Turn to Matthew 6. Matthew 6 verse 5 says this And when you pray do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men I tell you the truth they have received the reward in full when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So in this passage, Jesus' disciples have come to him asking him how to pray. They've seen the prayers as an essential part of Jesus' ministry. And they want to be taught by him. They want to learn from the teacher himself how to pray. What's the best approach to pray? We, we know this is important to you, Jesus. We want to learn how to do this well. And so Jesus says, okay, if you're going to pray, when you pray, don't be like hypocrites who pray long, flowery prayers, who pray out in public so that people will see what they're doing and reward them on earth and speak highly of them. He said, if you pray, or when you pray, don't be like pagans who go on babbling and pray long, intense prayers, thinking that the length of their prayer, or the intensity of the prayer, is going to earn something with God. He says, when you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. And I want to focus on that one line. Your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. When we talk about God's will, what we're really talking about is what God wants. Right? God's desires, the things that are in God's heart, God's passions, the longings that He has inside of Himself. So often we look at God's will and we think about God's will and we disconnect it from what God's passionate about. As if God's will was, was something that, that wasn't connected to a desire God has. But when we talk about God's will, what we're really talking about is the wants inside of God's heart. We're talking about the passions and desires and the longings inside of God's heart. How many of you know here tonight that God is a passionate God? Aaron was just Aaron basically preached this sermon like ten minutes ago. I'm going to expand on it. That God is a passionate God. Like God, no God, God is really, really passionate. You guys, understand that? Like far more than we could ever realize. That throughout the Bible, we see constantly. Different descriptions, different explanations of the heart of God, of the desires of God. Throughout Scripture, biblical authors are communicating to us that God is passionate, that God is not disconnected, that God is not half-hearted. You know, there, there's not a shred of indifference in the heart of God. Not one shred. God is a passionate God. Just give some examples. Throughout Scripture, Joshua 24, 19 says that God is, is a jealous God. Yet he experiences the emotion of jealousy. Says this. Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. He's a jealous God. It's pretty intense. 2 Kings 22, 13 says that God is... He experiences the emotion of anger. God gets angry. Do you believe that? God gets angry. It says this, Go and inquire of the Lord for me, and for all the people, and for all Judah, about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us, because of our fathers, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written concerning us. God's anger. And you know that when God experiences an emotion, He experiences it in a perfect way, in a full way. Like, God's anger is not like our anger. We might get angry and think that's, that's big and intense, but it's nothing compared to God's anger. God experiences God-sized anger. Alright? All the emotions that God experiences, those are God-sized emotions. God experiences longing. Isaiah 30.18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. God is a God of longing. He longs. He's got this yearning inside of Him. On a God-sized level, God is a God who longs. God experiences the emotion of joy. 
Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. God experiences the emotion of joy in a God-sized, in a full, in a perfect way. God is a God of joy. God is a God of emotion. The full range of emotions God experiences in its fullness, in the fullness, in the perfection. God experiences the emotion of hatred. Amos 5.21 says, I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. God's hatred is a God-sized hatred. He hates sin. He hates sin far more than any of us could ever hate it. His heart is filled with, with hatred towards sin. He experiences, experiences delight. The Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their hope in His unfailing love. God experiences grief. Ephesians 4 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God experiences the emotion of love. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. God is a God who is filled with emotion and longing. Do we believe that here tonight? Filled with emotion and longing. Far more than we could ever understand on this earth. An infinite amounts. Maybe, maybe this will help a bit more. Let's try this. Imagine or think of the most passionate person you know on earth. Everyone have everyone here. Have in mind the most passionate person you know on earth. Not someone who's like over emotional. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who's just filled with life and passion. Everyone has someone in your mind. Who is filled with life and passion? Maybe someone in this room. Yeah, I see a couple that come to mind for me. Uh, there's one guy that comes to mind. He's um, a friend that I had in college, actually. And, uh, and his name is Craig. And Craig was an incredibly passionate, he was probably the most passionate guy I've ever known. He was passionate about all sorts of random things. Like he was very filled with life and love and passion about like obscure things. Remember one time I was driving in a van with Craig. We're going down the highway in Saskatchewan, Canada. <laughs> You've got to talk lots when you're on the highway in Saskatchewan, Canada, because there's nothing else there to see or do. It's all flat and barren. Uh, but uh, the Craig, I remember he was telling me that he was he was passionate about this new grapefruit juice he just tried. <laughs> like, for real, like he he was so into it. He did, like John, you don't understand. <laughs> John is so good. I'm like, how, how can you be passionate about grapefruit juice? Like, what? You know, that doesn't make it, that register with me. But Craig was just filled with life. He was filled with passion. And he, uh, I used to, <laughs> I used to play hockey with Craig. And Craig, you know, you get a passionate guy like that on, on the hockey rink. And, uh, like, he, he was passionate for his teammates. And, you know, if one of us got a cheap shot or something, it would, it would be Craig there, 
ready to drop the gloves. Or, again, we were at like a, a Christian college, but Craig, you know, he, he was just passionate. Like, he, we were representing Jesus, but uh, Craig, you know, he, he was just, he was that way to protect his teammates. And I grew up as a goaltender, and, you know, you need your teammates to protect you when you're goaltending. So Craig was a good friend of mine because he was passionate about protecting me as a hockey player. And, uh, and these days, like, Craig, Craig entered the ministry, and uh, he's, he's passionate for the things of the Lord. And, and it's such an encouragement to see how God has grown him in that. But Craig is, is a passionate guy. Now, Craig's passions are just the smallest fraction of the passions of God. That the person you have in your mind right now as you think about the passion that they have, God is infinitely more passionate than that. We need, in this room tonight, we need revelation of God's passion. We need it desperately. We really do. Because we have a, a, a bit of that. We've got a little bit of the understanding of God's passions, but we need a greater measure tonight. I believe that God wants to direct us tonight into a greater measure of His passion and His longing. The more we understand the passions and the longings of God's heart, the more we're going to be able to enter into that place of freedom and prayer and intercession. We really are. We really are. That's where it becomes fun to pray. It really, really does. Otherwise, it's a struggle. It's, it's just, it's a chore. It's work. But when we enter into the passion of God, when we know the passions and the desires and longings of God's heart, and those become grounded in us, then prayer becomes a whole lot of fun. Alright? Alright. The point is that God is, is an incredibly passionate God. We need to know that. And even we, right now we're seeing we're hearing it and we're saying, yes, I know that. We're nodding our heads. We don't really get it yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like we understand it just, just a little bit. I'm just going to pray right now again. Father, we ask right now that you pour into our hearts right now revelation of your passions and your desires and your lungs right now, God. Your heart, God. Your groanings, the yearnings of your heart, God. Yes, your infinite, yes, God, size, longings, God. Oh, Lord, yes, Father. Holy Spirit, across the room right now, we ask you to awaken hearts. Awaken hearts right now. Right now. And so, we thank you for what you're doing even now, God, even this moment, Father. What you're going to continue to do tonight, God. As we look into this, we love you, God. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Okay, so now going back to this quote, this Phillips Brooks quote, which was so transformational for me when I was when I was younger, that God, or that prayer, is not conquering God's reluctance, but it's taking hold of God's willingness. It's really it presents for us. Three different ways that we can pray. There are three different ways that we can approach prayer. Two of them are bad, one of them is good. Okay? We're going to talk about a couple of bad ways to approach prayer. 
All right. The first way to approach prayer is trying to conquer God's reluctance. Okay? When you are trying, when you are praying for something, you're asking God for something that He doesn't want to give you. Or that He doesn't want to do. Where you, you are, you know. You have a pretty good idea. God doesn't want this. But in my flesh, in my flesh, I want it. And I'm going to ask God for it. And I'm going to hope that if I pray hard enough, if I pray long enough, if I fast, then God will relent, that I'll bend God's will in submission, and that He'll give me what I want. Okay? We, we approach prayer this way. This is the lowest maturity level in prayer. Okay? This is where we don't want to be, but we find ourselves here from time to time. Okay? This is, this is like, the best illustration I have for this is the piñata and the stick. And some of you have heard this before. The piñata and the stick. Okay? Where you're approaching prayer as if God is... Do you all know what a piñata is? Before I, yeah, it's important that we understand this. Piñata is like paper mache, like in like a, a ball or like an animal shape or something. And, um, and inside the, the ball or the shape is all sorts of candy. Okay? And so the idea is that at parties, it's like a Mexican thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's safe to say that. I hope, hope it's safe to say that. Um, what, what you do is you blindfold someone, you put the pinata there, like on a string, and the person who's blindfolded has a stick, you spin the guy around, and, and you stop him, and then he's got a stick, and he's got to try to hit the pinata with his stick. And if he hits it hard enough, then the pinata's going to break open, and the candy's going to fall out. Then everyone runs and gets the candy, and you take it back, and it's, it's a good time. Pinatas, okay? So, that's what a pinata is. Now, this first approach to prayer is like that. It's like where God is the pinata and prayer is the stick. And this sounds so wrong, but this is how we, we approach prayer from time to time. Many people do this. Where you think, if I hit the pinata hard enough and strong enough, and enough times that eventually that pinata is going to give out and it's going to open up and all the good stuff's going to come out and I'm going to run and get it and then I have it. Okay? And so we approach things this way from time to time where people do. Where you know that you have a sense that God doesn't want something, you want it, and you think if I pray and I fast and I pray and I fast and I get other people to pray and fast and pray and fast. We get together for large prayer meetings and we pray and we fast and we just go for it. We pray really loud and really hard. Then eventually, God's going to give me what I want because I will have earned it from God. Alright? An example I have of this is uh, an online prayer group that I was involved in many years ago. It was an online prayer ministry, which is a great ministry, um, where we get prayer requests from all over the world. People would email them in week by week, and and those of us involved in the ministry would, would intercede for these people. And one woman um, 
moves from, I forget exactly where she was, from uh, some Eastern European country, she would email in, almost regularly, this, this prayer request for this man she was interested in. Okay? She was, like, she was like really in love with this guy. She really attracted, really thought, well, I think she thought, that God wanted her to marry him. But apparently, this guy had absolutely no interest. And so her prayer request was essentially this, please pray with me that this man will fall in love with you. Yeah. Kind of sad. And... And so we, you know, we prayed for this. We prayed, but over time, I just, I just kind of got the sense, like this, I don't think God wants this man for this woman. Like I, I think she's just, in her flesh, she really wants it. And she's praying for it, but that's not doing it. So she's going to get as many people as she can <laughs> to pray for this. And maybe if that many people pray for this, then maybe God will give me what I want. And to my knowledge... They are not married. Uh, and so we, we approach prayer that way from time to time. That's the first approach to prayer. Not a good approach to prayer. Trying to conquer God's reluctance. The second way you could approach prayer, which is also a bad way to approach prayer, is... Praying something that God wants as if you're trying to conquer his reluctance. This is a tricky one. Okay? This is like the next level of maturity in prayer. Where you are discerning what God wants, but you're approaching it totally the wrong way. And when we pray, we pray for North Korea. And we pray, God, send revival to North Korea. Now, God's will is to send revival to North Korea. Is that right? Are you there? God's desire is to bring justice to North Korea. Is that right? Like God's desire is to bring salvation to North Korea. To sweep across the nation, to sweep across it completely—that's God's desire. But this is—I, I, I myself get caught into this, where I pray, God, please, oh Lord, please, I beg you, please, 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 bring revival to North Korea. As if I'm begging God, as if I'm, you know, as as a servant, as a beggar, as a slave, to slave mentality. You know that God's heart for North Korea, God's desires for North Korea, like Aaron was was speaking out before, like she was praying out before, are so incredibly greater and beyond the greatest desire any of us have ever had for North Korea. You think of those times, you're like really, really filled with passion for North Korea. Like the most incredible prayer meeting for North Korea. We had, oh man, but when we had our 21 day fast, uh, for those of you who know, at New Philly a while back in June, we had a 21-day fast. And 
on the last night of the fast, we were praying for North Korea. And, and a cry of prayer rose up unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life. Like, something broke and God hit us. And we were declaring His judgments. And we were declaring His freedom over that land like nothing else I've ever been a part of before. We're just, we're just filled with it. Just filled with the passions of God. And I look back and I think, that was incredible. But God's passions are infinitely bigger than that yet. We didn't tap into like a fraction of what God's heart is even then. Even then. God, beloved, God is so much bigger than we know. He's so much beyond what we know right now. He really is. There is no half-heartedness within God. And He's just he's inviting us in. He's saying, come. Come into my heart. Pray my desires. Pray my desires. It's way better than praying your own. You know? So that's, that's the second way we can get caught up in praying the wrong way, is praying something that is God's will, but praying it as if it isn't. Praying it as if we're trying to bend God's will into submission and make God do something He doesn't already want to do. God's totally on board. No, God's totally on board with saving North Korea. He's been there forever. That's what He wants. That's what He wants. It's nothing new. Okay? The third way to pray, which we've been talking about already a bit, is taking hold of God's willingness in prayer. And like we were saying a bit before, this is, this is so much more enjoyable than trying to conquer God's reluctance. It is the funnest way to pray. It is, oh, it's so good. It's so good to pray God's will. Because there's nothing greater than God. There's nothing greater than what God wants. And so we, when we enter into what God wants, that's when we hit joy in prayer. That's when we hit freedom. That's when it becomes a good time. It's like a hundred times, so much more enjoyable than conquering God's will, and it's infinitely more effective. Uh, when, when Kirk Bennett was here, it was a couple months ago, he said something so, so simple. I'm just going to reiterate it for those who were not here or forgot he said, this is, this is the essence of prayer. Prayer is God telling you what He wants. You telling God what He wants. And God doing what He wants to do. <laughs> That's as, as basic as, as prayer really is. I'll say it again, just in case you caught, didn't catch it. Prayer is God telling you what He wants. You telling God what He wants. You agree with that and telling Him. And God doing what He wants. Because God, He's designed things in such a way that He waits to partner with us on earth to pray His will into existence. Why does He do this? We don't totally know. God could have just done everything Himself. He can do all of it Himself. He's a God of love. He's a God who desires to share. He's a God who desires to include his children in his kingdom building work. And so he says, partner with me. Come into alignment with my heart. 
come into alignment with my will. Pray that to me, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it's what I want to do anyways. This, this can be in big things and in small things. Every way we pray, we want to enter into the heart of God. To what God wants. And as we do that, we learn to pray as a son. We learn to pray as a child of God. As a fully accepted son. Here's an example of, of a smaller way we can pray. It's just this last week. The staff at New Philly was down in Busan. And we had a great time. It was really good. Um, had a lot of fun. The weather was incredible. And one of the things we did, we went to a Jinjaban. Okay? I, I personally appreciate Jinjabans. I don't know how many people here do. But we were there, and it was kind of, it was like, it was kind of an intense one with a water park attached and that sort of thing. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. And... Uh, but while we were something, something happened while we were there. It might not seem like a, a, a totally you know, big deal, but Pastor Marcus misplaced the key for his locker. It's okay, he, you know, not, not a huge deal. Yeah, oh no. But if he didn't find it, he was going to have to pay, or someone was going to have to pay, Sama forty thousand won to get this key replaced. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a big deal. You don't want to pay that money. But we were looking everywhere for this key. And I started praying, you know, just, just asking God, God, what do, you, what do you want? Like, what do you want in this situation? What is your heart in this situation? You know? And I felt, I felt the Lord saying, well, of course I want you to find this key. Like, that, that, that is my, my heart. Like, I, I'm not interested in you having to pay 40,000 won to get a new key. I just felt the Lord speak that to me. And so I started, you know, taking hold of God's willingness. God, because it's your heart, because this is within your will, would you help us to find this key? Help us to find this key. And as I prayed it, because I, I felt the Lord's enlightenment, it was, it was, I just had a lot of certainty. We were going to find this key. It's all right, but I'm going to keep praying it. And I'm going to keep looking. And, and Pastor Christian and Marcus and I, we were, we were all looking and some other, other staff as well. And, uh, and eventually, we, we ended up finding the key. You know, as, as simple as that. It was, it doesn't seem like a big thing, but God wants us to come to Him in small things and just say, God, God, what's your heart in this? God, God, what do you want? And just pray God's nature, God's character, God's desires, and, and go get it, you know? And just see how God, God responds to that in small things. God's interested in small things. Some of them might seem a little bit bigger. When we, um, New Philly just had a, a few mission trips that were out. Yeah, it was incredible. We were out in, in China, and we had a couple teams in Indonesia, and I had the opportunity to be a part of a team in Indonesia, in West Papua. Uh, an incredible time. We've got some team members here. Um, and one of the places we went to in West Papua was kind of up in the mountains. It was a church called Emmanuel Church. And it was an area that was closer to um, a place where there was a lot of witchcraft and idolatry and, and black magic type practices. 
a lot of that going on kind of in the vicinity of that church. And so one thing we understood as we were going into that place was that that was probably an issue in the church to some degree or another. So as we're, as we're praying uh, beforehand, we're just saying that God is, God is telling us, yeah, that's, that's something that needs to be dealt with as we go there. We're going to have a revival service there. Uh, so we're there, and we're having the service, and Pastor Christian is preaching. I'm in the back with my brother Brady, and we're, we're praying, we're interceding, and, and I believe Rachel is in the back as well. And, um, and at some point during the sermon, Brady leans over to me. And he says, John, I feel that the one of the issues, I feel the Lord saying, one of the issues in this room right now is that parents are using black magic to protect their children in this place. And, and he said, John, just, just pray about it. And Brady's very sensitive to these things. He's usually the first person on these things. And so I, I start praying about it and asking the Lord, Lord, is this, is this something that's, that's on your heart? And during the service, as I'm, as I'm praying about it, as I'm interceding, I'm feeling the Lord saying, yeah, this is actually an issue. That the parents of this church, there are parents here, because they do not believe in my power and authority, they're going to a different source of authority and power, which is no source of authority at all, a different source of power, to protect their children, to do something they feel will protect their children. That's a serious issue in this church. It's blocking the blessings of God from this church. And so I'm, I'm feeling this by the Spirit. Like God's speaking this to me. And speaking to Brady, and I believe he's speaking to others as well. So Brady and I start praying. We start praying God's conviction in this specific regard. God bring conviction, bring us into truth in this specific regard across this church. This is your heart right now. This is what you want right now. This is the issue right now. Your heart is filled with desire for these people's freedom in this regard. So bring this into being. God, do this. This is your will. This is your heart. This is your desire. And so when we went to an altar call time for that church, we ended up, Pastor Christian, I'm giving a call for people who were using black magic practices to protect their children. And at first there was, you know, like and in a church you don't want to admit that you're doing something like that. Like that, that's, that's pretty intense stuff. But we've been praying for God's conviction, really believing God was going to bring it into being. And then eventually, at one point, a man stands up in the front, and he says something in the Indonesian, or maybe even the, the local language there, that I, I had no clue what he was saying, except that it seemed like he was rebuking the church. He's saying, look, you guys are involved with it, you know it, so stand up and come up here and receive prayer for it. It must have been something along those lines. And I'm joking, because people... People at that point, they started standing up and they started coming to the altar. It's like, yeah, this, this, and, and it was a lot of people, a lot of children. So we prayed over the children. We prayed over the people that stood up to confess and repent of that sin. And it was just a matter of being God's heart and just us saying, God, what's your heart right now? God, what do you want? This is not my agenda. This is not about what I want. This is about what you want. So God, fill me with your heart. I'm going to pray this into existence. God wants to bring us closer and closer in alignment with His heart. And whatever we're praying, this isn't all the time we're praying, every time you're interceding, this is God's will for us. 
you might ask is, well, how, how do I know what God wants? Do you ever feel that way? Like, I'm praying for this. I, I think maybe this is what God wants, but, but I don't really know. And an important passage of Scripture for us, we're going to turn to right now instead of Romans 8. We'll turn to Romans 8 in your, in your Bible. Paul says this In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express and he, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. God has given each one of us who have trusted in Him, who have surrendered our lives to Him, He's given us His Holy Spirit. And one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to help us to pray. We do not know how to pray as we ought. So often we find ourselves in these situations, but the Holy Spirit has been given to us to to intercede for us. The Holy Spirit even prays for us. And the Holy Spirit always prays for us in accordance with God's will. Every time. <laughs> Holy Spirit's got no interest in praying something different. You know, Holy Spirit's God, totally in line with the Father's will. And His heart is to bring us into that place of passion and longing that we would pray in complete alignment with the will of God. This is a journey. This is something that God leads us through down, down through our lives. God leads us down this path of aligning ourselves with the Holy Spirit, with the will of God and praying His will, His passions, His longings, His desires into existence. And God's heart is to continue to grow us in understanding His passions and His longings. Well, we're getting it a little bit more, but we have so much, there's so much that God wants to impart to us regarding His heart, regarding His desires. I just feel in this room right now, we're getting it a little bit more, but God's desire is for us to be led so much more, so much more in that. And then when we're praying for revival in South Korea, we're filled with God's heart for South Korea. To greater and greater degrees, we're filled with His heart for this nation. And we're just flowing with what God wants. We're declaring His freedom, His love, His justice, His revival. We're declaring these things because we're in perfect alignment with Him, with, with what He wants. And God desires to raise up this group here, as we get together, we gather from different English ministries across the city. God wants to grow us in this place. He wants every single person in this room and every person who comes into this movement in the future to be growing in his heart. He wants that. 
He wants men and women on fire, on fire with the heart of God. Nothing less. Nothing less. And God's faithful to do that. Let me pray. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you have been through this, even this past hour, God, past half hour, leading us just a bit further, a bit further, God, into your heart, God, into what you want, into what you desire. We thank you that you are God filled with passion and longing, God. That you are God who's filled with desire. Lord, open our hearts. Continue to open our hearts right now, God. Open our hearts, Lord. Awaken us, God. Awaken us, Lord. That you would teach us how you see this nation. That you would teach us how you see North Korea and South Korea, God. You would teach us your heart, your plans, God, your purposes for this nation. And this world, God, beyond this nation, God. Grow us in this way, God. That we step outside of apathy. That we step outside of lethargy, God. That we step outside of disconnection, God. That we step into your will, into the ocean, the vast, shoreless ocean, God, of your passions and desires. love you, God. We thank you, God, for calling us to this place of partnership, God, in prayer. For calling us for joy and delight, God, of partnering with you, God. How great is your love, God, that you would call us, God, that you would invite us, that you would invite us into what you're doing, what God is doing in this nation. You said, come. You said, come be a part of what I want to do. Lord, teach us to see the privilege in this. Teach us to see the honor that you lavish on us in this. Oh, Lord, that we would just see it as an incredible privilege and honor and delight, God, to intercede on behalf of this land. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. We praise you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.